This is Willie Calhoun of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, John Moore, and today's episode is the trade deadline. We're going to do the trade deadline and talk all things trade deadline uh, coming into July 31st, which is this Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Hopefully, I'll be out there. We're going to talk about the big trade today with Marcus Stroman and how that could possibly affect Mike Miner and what I think is going to happen there. We'll do all of that in the trade deadline episode right after this. This is manager Chris Woodward from the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, everybody, and this edition of Rangers Nation's podcast is called Trade Deadline. Trade Deadline, and what we're going to do is we're going to go over the trade deadline, which is this Wednesday. The Rangers lost today uh, in a walk-off fashion, a walk-off walk from Jose Leclerc, and uh, lots of things going on. We're going to talk about everybody that's on the block, uh, everybody that's been traded so far around baseball, the big trade that was made today and what that means for the Rangers and predictions going into it. Um, so this is, uh, look, Wednesday's the trade deadline. It, it ends at 5 o'clock Eastern time, which is 4 o'clock Central time. Um, I am supposed to get uh, credentials to that. Um, and if I am, I'm going to be out there early, be all day trying to listen. You guys follow me on at Ranger Nation Pod, at Ranger Nation Pod, and I will be bringing you everything I'm seeing and hearing at that point, while I'm there, I know that I'll be talking with Levi some, but Levi's going to be inundated in his. He's going to be trying to break stuff, and I'm going to try to piggyback off him. He does this for a living. But <clears throat> a lot of stuff's happened already in this trade deadline. A big one happened today, but let's go over everything that's happened so far, the the, the trades that have happened. It's, it, it really kind of all started back on July 13th uh, when the Oreos uh, sent Andrew Kashner to the Red Sox for Elio Prado and shortstop. Noel Berth Romero. So that's kind of where it got started. Kashner, Kashner got sent off. So the Red Sox knew they needed uh, needed another right hand or right hand pitcher. They needed another uh, starting pitcher. They went out and got Kashner, who was having a good year with the Oreos. Also on that day, on that exact day, is when the Fairbanks trade happened, and the Rangers traded Pete Fairbanks to the Tampa Bay Rays for Eric so for Nick. I'm sorry, Nick Sogard uh, Solak. I'm thinking of Eric Sogard, who was traded today. Nick Solak. And Nick has played pretty well. Now, my understanding is he's not a great defender at second base. He's already got 21 home runs. He's hitting about 260, 270, somewhere in there. He's hit four home runs with the with the uh, Nashville Sounds, and he hit 17 with Durham when he was with them. Um, you know, this guy is, is, is on the 40-man roster. And without a doubt, should be here by the end of the year. That's you know that was a, a shot across the bow right there, or some depth also for a trade possibly that could be happening with the Rangers. Then you go to July 14th, and that's when the Royals really kind of got going. So if you haven't known that the Royals are selling, they are. They started making trades in the next few days. July 14th, they sent Homer Bailey to the A's for shortstop Kevin Merrill. I've seen him play for Midland. Uh, he was That's Midland's the double-A for the A's. And uh, Kevin Merrill was one of their top prospects. And the Royals got Homer Bailey, uh, sent Homer Bailey for, to, for Kevin Merrill. The next day, 
today. Uh, they sent uh, catcher Martin Maldonado to the Cubs for left-hander uh, Mike Montgomery, um, and that so the Royals started out and started building the bullpen right or started building their farm system right away. And they're a team that works on a budget, and they were not going to be outdone. Uh, July seventeenth was a couple days later, and they went out again and they traded outfielder Terrence Gore to the Yankees for some cash, probably some international cash, getting ready for the international signing period. A team like the Royals, that's how they're going to build their farm system is by acquiring young players. On the 25th, the Astros had DFA'd a couple days earlier. They had DFA'd uh, uh, Tyler White, the big guy that played first base for them, and ended up, he didn't clear waivers. He was picked up by the Dodgers, and they uh, the Dodgers sent the, the Astros right-handed pitcher Andrew Scrub. I kind of think that's funny. Andrew Scrub, if he is a scrub, I hope he's a scrub. Anyway, but Tyler White, it probably wasn't a very highly regarded prospect since they could have waited till Tyler White cleared waivers, but they didn't want to take a chance, and they, they probably needed the bat. The Giants DFA'd uh, Holland, and then Holland didn't clear it on the 26th. The next day, the Cubs took him and gave uh, the Giants some cash. They were The Giants were about done with Holland and ready to get rid of him. Then things started kind of slowing down, and then 27th they came up. The Royals were at it again. They sent Jake Diekman to the A's for uh, outfielder Daron Blanco and right-handed pitcher Ismail Aquino. Um, So the Royals got... In a matter of about a week, really, I mean, I know that Kevin Merrill was a uh, highly regarded shortstop, and he was one of the top 30 for sure, and so is Blanco. Blanco's one of the top 30 for the A's, too, and he's now over with the Royals. I don't know where he'll sit with there, but that same day, the Marlins sent right-handed pitcher Sergio Romo and right-handed pitcher Chris Valmont to the and a player to be named later to the Twins for for uh, minor league infielder Luan Diaz. Uh, Lu, Luan Diaz uh, went back to the Marlins. Today is the 28th. A lot of stuff happened today. Uh, the Blue Jays sent Eric Sogard to Tampa for a player to be named later. Then after that went down, word started coming from Buffalo, which is Triple A uh, for the Blue Jays that. Uh, Bichette, uh, Dante Bichette's son, I forget his last name, uh, Bichette, he's an infielder, third baseman for the Blue Jays, and that he was pulled from the AAA lineup um, and was shaking hands with everybody in the dugout in Buffalo, which probably meant he was being promoted. And so Bichette, one of their top prospects, one of the top prospects in baseball, likely to be up with uh, with the Blue Jays tomorrow, which is something they needed to do. Then they did the Blue Jays. This was a big one. and they, Well, first of all, the Rays sent uh, the, the Rangers. They had designated someone for assignment, and the Rangers picked him up, a right-handed pitcher named Ian Gibault. His name is G, J, uh, G-I-B-A-U-T, and I think it's pronounced Gibault. Now, a lot of people thought, great, the Rangers are just getting another scrub from the Rays, and the Rangers are going to send them a player to be named later and some cash. And the way that usually works is they focus in on a couple players, and they say, hey, you know, we'll take him and we'll give you one of these three players. And since it's such a quick deal, the Rays probably said, okay. And if we don't like that, we'll do some cash somehow, some, play, you know, international slot money or something like that. But it gives them time to go scout one of two or three players. And then once they figure out which one they like the best, that's the one that goes for G-Ball, uh, Gbo. And Gbo, my understanding is, is look, he, he, he was kind of the victim of – too many men on the 40-man roster. 
And he was kind of the victim of that. And that was the reason they had to designate him for assignment. He had some good numbers in AAA. He's only 25 years old. He had a uh, 3.29 ERA as a bullpen piece. Um, he only he had a 9 ERA in the major leagues, but he's only pitched like an inning and gave up a couple of runs and uh, or something like that. So that that's all he did. The Rangers need uh, – I think they see that – you know, this could be another Darren O'Day thing where they pick up somebody off waivers, end up uh, – uh, keeping him now, he he is he he had to be placed here. He's on the forty man, um, so they were getting him off the forty man. He still has options, but he the Tampa had to get him off the forty man to make room for someone on their forty man roster. Probably somebody they're getting ready. Maybe they traded for, and with that, Gbo was the odd man out, kind of the way Willie Calhoun was when he was sent to Nashville, and so and the Rangers took advantage of that, and. Uh, we had room on the 40-man roster, and don't be surprised if we don't see him pitching here. Um, and then the Rays also sent uh, infielder Christian Arroyo and uh, Hunter Wood to uh, – to for uh, – who did they send them to? The Rays sent them to Christian Arroyo and Hunter Wood to Tampa for Ruben Cardenas. Well, that's the same team. It must have been Royals. Anyway, in either case, that was the small one. But the big one, the big one that came today was the Marcus Stroman trade. And this one is big. Uh, this one's big because it kind of has gotten me, gotten me to a point where I have some predictions now. And I put them out on Twitter earlier tonight. And we'll go into that in a minute. But uh, Marcus Stroman went to the Mets for left-handed pitcher Anthony Kay and right-handed pitcher Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, that's a hyphen, Woods hyphen Richardson, Simeon Woods hyphen Richardson. Both of them were in the Mets' top 30 prospects. Neither one of them were in the top 100 prospects. They were not players um, that – let's – just say that I think that a lot of people thought Stroman would go for more than that. And that's the first start of the uh, – that's kind of the first big pitching name that's been mentioned out there. And if that's all they got for him, that tells me – and here's my first big prediction I'll make for you. I do not think Mike Miner's going to be traded, and I will tell you why. First of all, now that the Mets – uh, have traded for and received Marcus Stroman. They have three pitchers that have been talked about in trades. They've got the rental, Zach Wheeler, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They've got Syndergaard, who is still under control for a couple of years but hasn't had the greatest year. And now you've got Marcus Stroman, who they could in turn turn around and flip. But there's three days till the trade deadline. Three arms that have been mentioned that have been uh, – that have been uh, bandied about that teams that are needing starting pitching are all on one team. Uh, the two prospects that the Ray, uh, that the uh, Mets gave up and gave to the uh, Blue Jays for it were, you know, their top 30 prospects and the Blue Jays took that. That tells me a couple of things that tells me they weren't getting offers that they liked. And the best offer they got were these two guys that doesn't bode well for the Mike minor market. Now, everybody's saying, well, that means we're going to get to the Wednesday and that's when it's going to happen. Everybody's going to be desperate and they're going to overpay. Not necessarily. You know, not necessarily. Look, right now, you get rid of two of your top 30 prospects for Marcus uh, for Marcus Stroman. You turn around and if you sell two pitchers, you didn't even have Marcus Stroman yesterday. You had already talked about you might sell Cindergard or Zach Wheeler, one of those two. So now you've got two of three that you could sell um, by Wednesday. Look, the, the Mets phone's going to be ringing off the hook. 
between now and Wednesday. And they are going to be able to flip either Strowman, who everyone said, oh, well, Strowman's been told he loves New York, he's from there, and they've already told him that we plan on keeping you because you're under control through next year and all of that. That's crap. Man, that is crap. Do not listen to that. I don't care what anyone's told anyone. He is on the market. They are listening to offers for Marcus Stroman, and they're hoping that desperation comes in. All they had to give up were two of their top 30 prospects, who they are now going to, in turn, turn into two more at least top 30 prospects, probably top 100 prospects, that are going to come back and trading off Syndergaard. They might get three or four prospects for their new top 30. It's going to shake up their entire minor league system if they sell a couple of these guys. They could sell Wheeler for a rental, who would be at least a probably top 30 guy, one of the two guys that they gave up today. They could probably at least get one some one guy like that to replace one of the two. And then you take Syndergaard or Stroman and in turn get a, a top 100 prospect and another top 30 prospect, and you're coming out better, and you're sitting no different than you were the other day or today before you before you went and acquired Strowman. I mean, it's pretty brilliant. They went out and cornered the market. They went out and gave up two top 30 prospects in their system who are not in the top 100. They got Marcus Strowman, and now they're sitting on Marcus Strowman, Syndergaard, and, and uh, Wheeler, and that's where people are going to go because they don't have to get the huge deal, but they can get a better deal than what they gave up and that's going to put the market down on Miner. And you know what? You don't trade Miner for what those guys got. No way. There is no way that that uh, you go to the uh, that that you go to the Mets and take those two prospects for Mike Miner. You don't do it. They, in fact, I don't doubt they were probably talked about. I wonder if the Mets didn't call and say, "Hey, we'll take Miner for these guys." And and John Daniel went. <laughs> no, not those two. I'm sorry. That's not what it's going to be. So now. Miner's price went down, only I wouldn't give him up unless the price was right. And that's what I think is going to happen. And, I, you know, I don't think Mike Miner is going to be traded. The, the guys that are most like there was some really weird stuff that happened today. Look, Danny Santana is probably the most, probably the guy that's going to bring the biggest return of a guy that I still think is going to get traded. I think Danny Santana is going to get traded, and I think that he is going to uh, – bring the biggest haul. I really do. I think that's who it's going to be is Danny Santana. And I think that he is going to bring the biggest haul. And let me tell you why. The way he's playing, he's hitting 328, something like that. He's got an ops of over 800, uh, probably 900 by now. He hit a home run again today. He was three for four. He's got 15 home runs. He's a utility guy. He's under control as long as he stays on your 25-man roster. He can't be optioned. He's got no more options left. But that guy right there that can play multiple positions on a team looking to get there, you know, a, a team that – you know, the Rays that were looking for a right-handed bat and we thought Pence might be going to the Rays, well, now they might be willing to throw in a top th- a top 100 prospect and a lower-level flyer on a guy for something like that. Man, you don't even think twice. You flip Santana for that. You take a top 100 prospect for Santana, period. I mean, I know everybody, well, he's going to be our next second baseman and we can't afford to get rid of him. If he turns into the Danny Santana of the last five years, Next year, you're going to all be kicking yourselves in the, and I'm just going to say it, in the ass. And you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass going, we should have sold him when we had the chance to sell him. Because I'm telling you, I love what Santana's done. Maybe he's going to be this guy for the next couple of years. But if he comes down to earth and he becomes, he's not as good a defender as Odor. He's not. I don't care what anyone says. He's not as good a second baseman as Odor. 
And Odor, I still don't think has a big, big future here. Look, he's on the cusp of, of being out of this, out of out of Texas. They're going to get rid of him somehow, I believe, or he's going to be a bench player, something to that effect. But I don't see it. I just don't see Odor unless something drastically changes. But Santana may not be the answer. They're a better second baseman in the organization. Eli White's probably a better second baseman than uh, than Danny Santana. Then you've got the guy Solak, uh, who's not a better second baseman than Danny Santana, but's probably almost as good, and he's cheap and way more controllable uh, that that they have than Danny Santana. He got options left that he can be optioned back and forth. So that's why I think Santana goes. Your other one's Chris Martin. Chris Martin is a guy that's going to be gone. And today there were some weird things. So there's some things that happened in the game. You know, Santana goes three for four. The very last time up, he gets a hit, and they immediately pinch run with him for Forsyth. Now people go, well, that was a defensive move. Well, do you think Forsyth, when you're down by one in the ninth, and, well, you're, you're ahead. I'm sorry, at the time they were ahead by one. Why in the world? Why in the world would you not? Would you think that that uh, that that Forsyth, Logan Forsyth, runs any better than Danny Santana? Danny Santana is fast. There is no that was very suspect. Well, they said is he had an ankle that was bothering him. Okay, yeah. Well, then the Chris Martin. Chris Martin hadn't pitched in three days. They sent Leclerc out there who blew the save, and you're trying to figure out why in the hell did they do that. Chris Martin says they say, "Oh, he had a he had some back issues. That's what happens when you're a you know when you you got a back. He's got a little back twinge and doesn't expect to miss any time. But you know that's what happens when you're a tall guy. Some days you you wake up, you don't have that's crap too. Levi Weaver pointed it out and said, "You know, I, I thought about it and I, and I should have asked him. Well, why weren't you out there getting worked on? So maybe you could be willing to go in the eighth or ninth inning. You know, and now that the answer to that could be that maybe the club told him and maybe he truly was woke up with a sore back and the club told him, you know what, we're not going to use you today. More than likely, they're protecting Martin right now. They probably have something in the works for Martin. I think something really came into fruition with Santana, and that's why they pulled him out. They weren't going to risk him." tearing up a ACL trying to stretch you know pull a hamstring trying to stretch a single uh trying to stretch a base hit from first to third I really 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 think that Santana and Martin are about to get moved and I could be totally wrong I've said that before I think Miner will not be traded I could be totally wrong on Miner that he does not get traded um, and, I, and he does get traded. But John Daniel needs to hold out. He needs to get a great prospect back for Miner. It's got to be, you've got to be something very worthwhile back for Miner, period. Same with Lynn. Lynn's even further under control for two more years. They've got him through 2021. So this is, this is what I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you the trade deadline. So my prediction is this. Here's what I predict is going to happen. I think that Either tomorrow or Tuesday, either either Martin or Santana is probably getting moved. I imagine that somebody, now that they're not playing tomorrow, uh, uh, J.D. can hammer this out tomorrow, but I think both of them have some sort of deal in place right now. Um, everyone knows that they did move uh, Miner's start back. He was supposed to start Tuesday. They moved it to Wednesday, which was smart because they have been listening on some offers for Miner. Um, they didn't want him going into Tuesday night. And in, on the off chance that something happened or talk started happening, they wanted to give it by 4 o'clock. His head could be cleared. If he wasn't moved, he could go Wednesday night. If he was moved, then, you know, they could already have be semi-prepared and know what moves they're going to have. They're going to have 
potentially a deal in place and not risk him having any sort of injury before the trade day, trade deadline. That's what they're doing with Miner and why they moved him to Wednesday night. Moved his start back a day. Look, Miner's sick of it. As much as you guys think, well, you know what? you got to get over it. You really just got to get over it. If, if, if you get traded, you make millions of dollars, you make $10 million a year, and you're going to get traded. These guys, school starts in two weeks. And this is weighing on these guys. So, you know, that that's why it's it's tough on these guys, and that's why a lot of this is in these guys' heads. So here's my prediction of what I think is going to happen come by Wednesday. Here's what the roster I think will look like. Okay? There's a lot of things that have been happening around that, that, that make this make me think of what's going to happen. I think come 4 o'clock, Wednesday afternoon, come 4 o'clock, Mike Miner is told that you're starting tonight for the Texas Rangers. I think he makes the start Wednesday night for the Texas Rangers. I don't think the deal was there. I don't think what John J.D. wanted was good enough because he can always hold out and trade him in the offseason. That, and, that you know, that comes in a time where maybe during the offseason they do get get uh, Garrett Cole or one of these other starters and realize that Miner could be ex- expendable. Um, so um, that could be – um, one of the deals that you're seeing, and then the other one, you know, so so I think that happens. I think Hunter Pence is moved. I think Hunter Pence gets traded for a bag of baseballs and, and whatever. They're going to get rid of him, not because they don't love Hunter Pence, and we all don't love Hunter Pence. I think Hunter Pence is gone because Hunter Pence will go to a contender for nothing, hardly, maybe a flyer on a low-level prospect. And they need they need to get some at-bats up here at the major league level from some of these kids. That's why I think Hunter Pence is gone. I think also gone is Danny Santana and Chris Martin. So who are the people that are going to start coming up? Well, first of all, Mike Heineman uh, is coming here. Uh, Scott Heineman. I'm sorry. Scott Heineman. Mike Heineman. I don't know where that came from. Scott Heineman will be here by uh, by Wednesday or Thursday. He will be up here. He has played four games in a row at first base, even with – Guzman there. Look, I love Guzman. Levi and I were talking about this. We, we were talking about it. If you listen to the to the uh, the podcast I had with Levi, we were talking about Guzman. And we were talking, and he was talking about whether he rooted for teams where he roots for the individuals. It's like he said for Guzman. I, I love Guzman, and I'm rooting for Guzman to get out of what he's in because he's a good guy. That's why he's Guzzi's really nice. He's a sweet guy. He's a great first baseman, but he can't hit right now. He's trying to get things worked out. And you go down to AAA, and guess who's playing the whole time right there in front of you is is, uh, Scott Heineman. He's playing first base the whole time. He's he's never played first base as a pro. And he's playing first base. He's played it for a week now. He's played it six games, four, five, six games. And Heineman will be up here to be the right-handed bat. That means that either Santana's gone – and it also means Logan Forsyth needs to know that his at-bats are getting taken away. The right-handed first baseman on this team is going to be Scott Heineman. And that's who will be playing the first base for him. Or center field. I mean, he also could play center field. So Heineman will be here because Santana, Martin, and um, and uh, Hunter Pence are gone. I think the bullpen comes up. Joe Palumbo will end up coming back up. I think Brock Burt's going to take a swim up here. I think that uh, – they're going to get some of these kids up here and do some openers. Sampson will stay in the rotation. Um, I think that uh, some of the guys that you'll see, Solak will probably come up. 
I think Solak, if Danny Santana's traded um, and Hunter Pence is gone, Solak and Heineman are the ones that come up because Heineman can also play outfield, and so can Solak. Solak can play the outfield. He's played it before. He's a better outfielder who switched over to second base with Tampa, and the, the Rangers have kept him at second base. So that's that's part of what I think we're going to see the second half. And I also think we're by the end of the second half going down in the 25-man roster, I think you're going to see DeMarcus Evans, Joe Barlow. Joe Barlow struggled a little bit at AAA. I think he's coming up. Look at these two guys. They're going to get a longer look with Payano, uh, with Montero, um, with these guys up. But don't expect a blockbuster. Hey, and I could be wrong. I'm the guy that, in, you know, that with with – I mean, boastfully said that I thought Ryan Leaf would be a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. So you take that with a grain of salt as to what my predictions do. I mean, it, I mean that was laughable. And I mean, would have argued and bet anyone at the time that uh, that Leaf was going to be a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. I thought Peyton Manning was too lumbering. He, he didn't move well. He was not going to be able to outrun these faster linebackers and defensive linemen. His arm wasn't that strong. I mean, I thought all of that. And Ryan Leaf had this bullet arm that could sit back in that pocket and fling it 60 yards planted. And then I didn't realize that Ryan Leaf was going to end up turning to drugs and become a head case. And then Peyton Manning turned out to be a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I was completely wrong on that one. I did have Levi tell me, though, that, you know, hey, that you're, he told me mine was worse than his, but he was the guy that uh, actually thought that the Beltray signing was a mistake. So, you know, we all have our blunders. That's why my blunders on this, you can take them with a grain of salt. But that's it today. We're talking about trade deadline. Follow me at Ranger Nation Pod. We're going to get out there on, uh, on Wednesday. I'll find out tomorrow. I'll let you all know on Twitter whether or not I do get the uh, the uh, credential or not. I put in for a month ago. I'm pretty sure I'll probably get it. There's chances I won't, but I'm pretty sure I'll get it. If not, then I'll be watching like the rest of you from the computer all day on the trades and what's happening. But uh, thank everybody for, for listening to this one. Um, look forward to Wednesday. Follow me on Ranger Nation, uh, at Ranger Nation Pod on Twitter. Follow me on the trade deadline and what's going on. Again, I was on the Law Dog Sports Show up in Wichita Falls, KSCY. I'm going to be on there Thursday morning, um, and I'll put a SoundCloud. Uh, they, they, they download that SoundCloud. They, they run an hour every day if you're in the Wichita Falls area. Listen to that at 2 p.m. on Thursday. I'm supposed to be back with them. Guys, thanks a lot. Till next time, the way I do at the end of every one of these podcasts and the end of everything I ever write, nerd!